And so we're starting to, again this new series, The Power of Confession, and I pray that God will use it mightily in your life. Let's go ahead and spend some time with the Lord in prayer and see where he goes. Let's pray if you don't mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to not only sing your praise, but absolutely have an opportunity to dive into your word. And your word, I believe, changes everything because I believe, like your scripture says, it is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, able to cut through the joints and marrow, rightly dividing the soul and the spirit. Father, we don't deserve anything that you give us, but we are thankful because of your great mercy and love. And so I pray today, Lord, that what we say and what we think and what we feel and how we serve will bring glory and honor to you. Uh, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you. And so, Lord, I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but I want to come with a demonstration of the spirit and the power so that everybody in this room, that their faith would not rest on human wisdom, but on the spirit and the power. And so, Lord, I come to you today about the power of confession. We confess that Jesus is alive. We confess that the grave has no hold on him. We confess that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We confess that there's not a weapon that formed against us because of him that will prosper. Lord, we confess that though we are persecuted, we are blessed. Lord, we confess that though we are struck down, we are not destroyed. We confess to you today, Lord, that there is greater that is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We confess to you that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart will be acceptable in your sight. We confess that the Spirit of God is interceding for us in Romans chapter 8. We confess that Jesus Christ is interceding for us at Romans chapter 8. We confess in Hebrews 7, 24 and 25, because Jesus is the eternal priest, that there's not a devil in hell, there's not a demon outside or inside anything else that can stop the name of Jesus. So I pray today, God, that you would be glorified. I pray that your word would be power and that people would see and feel and experience the resurrection truth of Jesus Christ and that your spirit will bring glory to Jesus and you bring glory to the Father. We love you, Lord, and we trust you and we praise you and thank you. And all God's people said what? Amen and amen. I'm going to tackle this little thing right here, and I'm going to tell you, technology is beautiful, but it is also a curse. So I uh, just want to let you know that. So I want to talk a little bit about 2 Corinthians chapter 10, but before we get there, I want to, I want to tackle something a little thick. Here's where we're going. Here's what I'd like for us to know today, is that because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's power in confession. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Confession is not, now y'all know that I'm a Catholic theologian. You know that I study that. Why? Because I want to know what the early church did. I want to know after the time of the disciples, after the time the apostles were killed, I want to know. Now, I know what happened. I know what happened when we got into medieval times. I know what happened when we got into the 900s, uh, 8900s, and 1000s, and 1100s, and 1200s. I understand the birth of the Reformation before it happened in the 1300s, and then in the 1500s when it, when it came about with fruition. I understand in the 1300s that people started getting back and memorizing the Greek and the New Testament, and the Hebrew in the Old Testament. And that word began a resurgence in people's hearts that the Catholic theologians could not sit and watch 
watched the Catholic Church run off the rails in the name of tradition and away from Scripture. But I wanted to know. I wanted to know what happened. And now I want you to know today that you don't need to go to a little box with somebody on the other side called a priest, though you could call us pastors priests. That's all within Scripture. You don't have to sit there and say, Father, forgive me for I know that I've sinned because we do not hold, we hold to the priests and the believers as Scripture would teach because we do not hold that you need me to absolve your sins. I know, I know what Scripture says when Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, if you forgive anybody on earth, it's forgiven in heaven. And we understand the concept of that, but you don't have to go to that. There's power in confession. But I'm not talking about confessing this. You know, Lord, I, I'm really a jerk. Um, when I saw Golden Corral, you know, I, I know there was no money left at the end of the month. Um, you know, we, don't, we can't even spell the O-R in poor. Um, college students understand that um, to a great degree. And so, Lord, I saw, I saw Golden Corral, and I, I thought it was you talking to me, but it was not. It was my stomach. And um, I thought it was the Holy Spirit, but it was gurgling. And I went in there, and, and Lord, you know, I, I said, I made a commitment to you that I was going to do a one plate and then one plate of dessert. Uh, but, Lord, when I got to the yeast rolls, it was if the gates of heaven opened and Peter said, come in, and I did. <laughs> And, and I confess to you that, that, that lips to hips and things changed, and um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that was pretty funny, wasn't it? Uh, lips to hips. Y'all get it, what I'm talking about? Like lips to, right? Right? You know, here, I, my kids don't need, need silly putty. They just got back fat uh, for me to play with. Uh, that's, sorry, I digress. <laughs> I'm in sin. But, I, you know, that's not what I mean by the power of confession. I'm not saying that you got to come in and say, you know, I've just committed so many lustful thoughts today, and I've done this. I'm, I'm not at that point in my walk with Christ. Yes, I acknowledge my sin. Why? Not because I need salvation, because that already happened when Jesus Christ wrecked my heart, and I said I want you more than I want anybody else, including me. So I, I confess my sins not so that I'm resaved. I confess my sins because I'm acknowledging what God doesn't like that I shouldn't like. So confession today is not that. I, I want to show you. I want to pray today. I want us, if you feel led today, then I'm asking people in this room to come and pray over you if you feel led, and let them pray. And as you pray, the power of confession, we start confessing the Word of God, the Scripture of God, because it changes everything. Now, I know you've heard that your whole life, but I'm praying today that the Holy Spirit, who has taught me that I'm on this passionate desire to speak I, I have spoken so much death in my life, and I'm, I'm being convicted by it. What does Proverbs 18 say? There's life and death in what? What? There's life and death in the power of the... I do not believe you can talk up a snake. I don't believe 
I do believe. Now, I, do, I don't believe that you can say, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, and you're going to fail. I, I, I don't believe that that actually speaks it into existence. But what it does do is it causes me to believe that I will fail, and thereby I do it. I want us to get to the power of confession, confessing God's word. Why? Why is the power of confession? You think it's some, it's not psychobabble. It's not saying positive energy, John, positive energy. It's not that. Positive energy is stupid. I don't even know what energy means. There's such energy in the room. Well, I could just, you know what? I could yell and scream fire and that'll change all the energy in the room. Fire. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, never mind. All right, so here we go. So why is this? Why is the power of confession? Adam and Eve were created to rule. Let's get into the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is going to open our eyes. What did Revelation say? What did the Spirit of God say? What did the power of God say? What did the Word of God say? What did, what did John write? He who has ears, let him. What the Spirit says to the churches. So are you ready to hear what the Spirit says? Adam and Eve were created to rule. Check this out. This is so good. Genesis 1. Are, are you all there? Genesis 1, 11 and 13. Look at this. this uh, hopefully that's up there. Thank you, Jessica, if it is or whatever. All right, uh, Genesis 1. Uh, this will be out of the ESV, though uh, my, my Bible's NIV. Here we go. Ready? And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. Plants yielding seed. Now, I've had to translate all this on a test in Hebrew, so don't, don't get all cray-cray. I hate weak verbs in Hebrew. The fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. Verse 12 is key. The earth brought forth what saints? Who brought forth vegetation? Now, wait a minute. Think about it before you say it. What did Scripture say? Was it God? Yes, when he spoke it. But what did, where did the vegetation come from? The what? Oh, this is good. John Silhammer writes on this for all you Silhammerites, which I am. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. I want you to, know, I want you to see something, something that's interesting. All of a sudden, it says there in verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, but in Genesis 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So the earth brings forth vegetation, but God says, let us make man in our image. Here's what I'm trying to say, and Selhammer says it best. The origin of the two forms of life are distinct. Woo! Vegetation was produced from the land, but the living creatures were made by God himself. Y'all didn't hear me. You've read it a thousand times and maybe glossed over it. So have I. God said for the earth to bring forth vegetation, and the earth brought forth life. But humankind, male and female, are so precious to God that God brought it forth. God didn't use the earth to bring us forth. He brought it forth. He, said, uh -uh. he took Adam's rib. 
and, and who breathed life into that woman? Who made Adam? Adam, dust, earth, right? I want you to see this is beautiful. Life, he said, life stems from God and is to be distinguished from the rest of the physical world. Now, why am I telling you all this? Get this in your mind. Adam and Eve were created to rule. Adam and Eve were created to rule. Adam and Eve were created to what? Rule, because God brought forth Adam and Eve. God himself let us make vegetation. All that you see, the earth brought forth out of God speaking to the earth, and then the earth brought it forth. But female and male are so precious to God that God brought it forth. The reason why is because we were created to rule. Are y'all tracking? Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. We are created to rule the earth. We have that within us. Look at Genesis 1.25. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock and according to the kinds and everything that creeps on the ground to its kind. And God saw it was good. Verse 26, then he says, then God said, let us make man in our image. This plurality, us. Trinitarian plurality. The plurality of divinity rule is now gone down to the plurality of humankind rule, male and female in God. The Trinity of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is now, you see, in the humankind rule in male, female, in God. It's beautiful language. So then it goes on to say, the courage, I love what he said, that, that you see in verse 27, so uh, Genesis 1:27. 27, uh, so, uh, well, let me just read 26. Then God said, let us make men in our image after our likeness. Let them have what, saints? Yeah, dominion, rule. Your version might say rule. This is ESV. It says dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, uh, uh, excuse me, of the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and the plurality of rule. The creation, he said, of humanity is set apart. Let me tell you some reasons why he said. Number one is it's, it's, not, it's not impersonal, third person. He didn't say, let there be, what would your next version be in your pops to your mind? Let there be what? He didn't say, let there be light. He said, let us make. Yeah, you didn't see it, did you? Let us make man in our image. He didn't say, let there be. There was this transfer that there was, we were created to rule. Power of confession. The second, another second object there is the making of each creature is described. This is so good. Oh, listen, hold on, hold on. It's described to its own kind. Go back to Genesis uh, um, um, 125. Can you put that up there, please? Jess, thank you. You are the best. And God made the beasts of the earth. According to their what? Not so with humanity. 
We were made like God. I know image of God means that we have the capacity to know him. That is why salvation is so beautiful. Salvation is not about righteousness. Salvation is not get out of hell. Listen, if, would I want to go to heaven if Jesus wasn't there? If the answer is yes, then I don't want Jesus. If I just want to get out of hell and I want all the beautiful things of heaven, my family members, peace, absolute bliss, but not Jesus, then I have to question my salvation. But he says here, let them, let them in their own image. But we are now made in the image of God. You see that? They're made by its own kind, uh, in its own kind, but we're made by the kind, the image of God. He says this, he says, the making of each creature is described according to its own kind. The account of humankind's creation specifies that man and woman were made according to the likeness of God, in God's image, not merely to its own kind. And he created a male and female. How about this? And he made us for dominion. Look what it says there. Again, I want to go back. You see what it says there about dominion. It's so powerful what happens. And he said this in Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let them have what, saints? Dominion or rule. What does dominion mean? It means rule in the NIV or there's other variations. It literally means, in Hebrew, it means reign. We have the ability to reign. Think about when Adam named the animals. He was naming the animals in Genesis chapter 2. It was reign. Power of confession. He was walking with God. God was walking with him. It says in Genesis 3, so we know that happened in Genesis 2, obviously because he's going to create female, and he's, he's walking and he sees his need. He sees the need because he names all the animals. Power of confession. What he said was what was. Because he was walking with God. Is this making sense? I'm setting us up. We're going somewhere with this. He had, he had rule. There was divine, divine plurality. God was ruling through Adam. Then something is interesting. Genesis 5, 1 through 2 says this. This is the book of the generations of Adam or Adam. When God created man, uh, another version might say mankind, he made him, that is mankind, he's talking about male and female here, in the likeness of God, male and female. When he's saying man, he's meaning mankind. It's, it's this generic term for us because we are equal in grace, equal in mercy, equal in our need for salvation, but our responsibilities are not equal. They're complementary. I can't give birth to a baby. Though I have looked like it before. <laughs> he made him in the likeness of God, male and female. He created them. He blessed them and named them man or mankind when they were created. The singular human being is created as a plurality. You just didn't get this. In other words, God didn't just create man singular. He created man plural, female and male. We were meant to be together. That's why you long, you don't like your singleness. That's why if you're in a marriage that's jacked up, you don't like it. It doesn't feel right. If you grew up in a family where the parents were jacked up because Jesus wasn't reigning, he didn't have 
rule or dominion. So the power of confession became the power of divorce. One can't make it work. So the singular human being has created its plurality, male and female. Selheimer said, one may see the divine plurality expressed in verse 26 as the anticipation of human plurality of the man and woman. Therefore, male and female were created. Listen to this. I just set you up. Uh, I didn't. I pray the Lord did. Set you up. Male and female are equal in their, their rule. Now, their expression of the rule is different, but they're equal in the rule. Therefore, they were created both equally to rule. Now, I'm not going to get into the, the marriage and the, the man and woman. That's a whole other sermon, but we'll, we'll get into that, hopefully. Therefore, male and female were meant to rule together. I love what someone said. If the purpose of pointing to the likeness between human beings and their creator is the call for the reader to be more like God. They were, Adam and Eve, supposed to be more like God. That was their idea. The more they were like God, the more they would rule just like him. But the problem is, here's where the power of confession comes in. Here's where the power of confession comes in. Adam and Eve were created to rule. They were created, they had dominion over all the animals and over the birds of the air and over the fish and over the vegetation. Would you agree with that statement? Yes, it's not rhetorical. Yes or no? Yes. But they lost their rule. Genesis 3. Instead of their rule being the words of God, now their rule was lost to a serpent. Genesis 3, check this out, 1 through 6. You already know this, but this is where the power of confession has changed. That is why people to say, say, you stink, and I do this. I, I, listen, have I verbally abused my children? Yes. Have I said things that are, have I not spoken God's word over people? Has the power of my confession been the confession more like the serpent than the Savior? Yes. And God has teached me something in my prayer life. I want you to encounter the Lord and then us practically flesh this thing out. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any, this is verse 1, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. The Lord God had made. The Lord God had made, the Lord God had made, but who was supposed to reign over what God had made? I didn't hear you. Man, Adam and Eve, they were both created to rule. Did God really say, he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Satan spoke to Jesus, but Jesus ruled over Satan. Y'all didn't hear me, Matthew chapter 4, Luke 4, right? Satan might speak to us in a temptation, but just like God told Cain, you must master it. You're created to rule and reign. And we got the power of confession is the only way we can do this. So look what he says in verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, and they were both created to rule. They're both created to rule. They're both created to rule. The woman's created to rule just like the man. Just like the man. 
The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit from the trees in the garden, but did God say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you would die? I mean, you, we all know the fallacies there, what was said. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from, the, from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and so desirable to gain, uh, for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave to her husband, who should have been trying, should have been ruling, who was with her, and he ate it. And at that moment, the transfer of rain, in my opinion, in my conviction, in what I see in Scripture, went to Satan. I'll show you. Second so, uh, Corinthians chapter four, verses four through six. You might want to turn there. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses four through six. We've read this before. The God, little G, of this age has what saints? Blinded. The reason why he's called the little God of this age was because Adam and Eve transferred the rule instead of the confessing the words of God that began to confess the words of the enemy. And thereby the enemy now became the prince of the air. So he takes words and he twists it. He takes your words and builds death. That is why people, and it's why we have emojis. Right? Think about the money people are making. I mean, they even made a movie about it, and my kids loved it. Right? Why do we have emojis? Hey, John, would you like to come to this? Man, I can't be there. So what if I'm reading it on the other side, and I say, Lynette, I need you to come pick me up. I can't. I'm like, oh, who's she talking to? Has she not read scripture? The husband's the head. <laughs> and she's like, I'm the neck. And uh, right? I'll turn you. And so, you see my point? Like, immediately we have to put emojis like, I can't, you know, hashtag sorry, not sorry, or something like that, right? You know, right? We have these emojis to accept because we receive things offended. Are y'all tracking me? Do you see where we're going? The power of confession. We have to have all these little disclaimers. We have to say not what we're saying in order to say it today. Because there's nothing but absolute hatred. Uh, I just, uh, I follow a lot of different people on purpose. I follow a lot of people that, that hate and create all kinds of problems. And, and I follow people that try to give answers. The, the truth is the blood of Jesus solves it all. But the reason why we're so divisive today, the reason why there's not going to be answers today, because the only answer is in Jesus. And so if somebody needs my cloak, I give them my shirt as well. If somebody needs something because they got a raw deal, but they're my sister and brother, or not even my sister and brother. The answers within Christianity, the love of God. The little God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So what does the enemy do? The power of confession. Here's the power of confession. Today, some people are confessing, kill, steal, and destroy. I am so guilty. I don't want to get up here and just like lay out all my sins. Uh, but it's, it says, confess your sins to one another. Uh, you know, I just, man, I just... 
Like, I confess so much death more than I confess life. Here's how I confess death. Somebody might come to me and say, man, so-and-so said this to me. I said, man, I wouldn't take that. What am I confessing? I'm confessing conflict. I'm confessing. Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see where the Holy Spirit's taking us? Look what he says there in in, in verse 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Notice the power of confession. It is the power of word of God that changes everything. God never did anything without speaking first. Read your Bible. I'm going to prove it to you. Gosh, I have so much. I think it was Charles Capps who said, whatever God says, he will perform. If you notice throughout the Bible, God never did anything that he didn't say first. If he said it, he did it. The power to do it was in the Word. That's why Jesus has a sharp, double-edged sword coming out of his mouth in Revelation chapter 1. Think about the Sabbath. Think about the Sabbath. You go back and read the scripture when he said on the Sabbath day, right? What did he, he say in Genesis after he created everything? The seventh day is to be a day of what? Rest. I love what he said here. I think it was, uh, I, was I think it was Sarhammer said this. On this day, God neither spoke nor worked as he had on previous days. On this day he blessed and sanctified, but he did not work. Did you notice on the seventh day he never spoke of work? All he did was bless. <laughs> Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in you is faithful and just to complete it to the day of Christ. So God has, nothing but, God has nothing but to bless us and to sanctify us because the work of Jesus is complete. We're in, we're in rest. We are in rest. In him we live and move and have our being. Go back to the gospel of Matthew and we talk about rest and you see the disciples picking grains. I'm giving you some good deep stuff today. We're going deep in teaching today. I mean, he's picking grains and the Pharisees are ready to get him and they're ready to kill him. It's like, you're breaking the law, you're breaking the oral law, you're breaking the oral law. And he's like, man, have you not read? What did King David do? Because see, when you're in God, you, uh, you don't need to work. You already have been set apart and blessed. Now we express his love through what he puts up. Listen, here's the deal. God takes us. Gosh, I wish I had a cross. God takes us right now, every one of us, you in your dorm room, you in your job, you in your families, and I don't care how jacked up where God sends you. Here's what happens. We deny ourselves, take up our and follow daily. So we go out into the muck and mire where God sends us, and in your school where everybody's trying to get your attention and get you to sell out instead of standing up, power of confession, you either confess Jesus and walk in Jesus and speak his words, or you start confessing the language of, of, of hell. Or do we confess the language of heaven? You go down to the muck and mire, you take your cross, you put it into the place where everybody else sank in and, and quicksand it, just sucked them in, just sucked them in. Bad relationships sucked them in, a bad home life sucked them in, broken finances sucked them in, lies and deceit and hurt and pain and baggage and angst. And all of a sudden we stand on the cross and, and, and we put the cross down because we stand on the cross who is the rock of the gospel. Jesus is the cornerstone and the scripture says the rock is higher than I, it goes above every 
mock, every mire, every disease, everything else, and we stand on the cross and we put our light on a hill. Changes everything. That's why we have ministry. That's ministry. God isn't sending us to any safe place. Our safe place is heaven. Our safe place is in Jesus under the shadow of his wings. But look what he says. So we're in this place where Satan rules the language because the rain has been passed. But then all of a sudden, the word shows up. In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word shows up, and now the word is what saves us. The word is what sets us apart. The word is what heals us, directs us, guides us, leads us. The word is everything to us. The word is the one who stepped in rescue. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1, 14. You see, that's what happened. Or Romans 5, 6 to 8. Now the word, right, the word is now the word, the power of confession, the word of God leads to change for God. It's always through his word. It's always through confession. So the word had to become flesh to change everything so that the flesh could speak the word. Oh, do you know, I feel like I'm going to fall out. The Word of God had to become flesh because flesh wasn't speaking the Word. And then he spoke the Word. Get up off your deathbed. Lazarus, come forth. Woman, your daughter's healed. Cast demons out. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Open the eyes of the blind. Word. Word power of confession. With God, all things are possible. But you see, Romans 5, 6, you see just at the right time when we were still powerless. Why were we powerless? Because the reign of the confession of God had been transferred to Satan, and now Jesus was taking it back. And he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates of hell don't prevail against the church because the strength of the church. The gates of hell do not prevail against the church because the word of Jesus. You see, just at the right time, I'm giving y'all some deep stuff, yes or no? Mm-hmm. When we we're still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrated his own love for us at, in this while we we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, whatever, listen, whenever, whatever God says, he will perform. Listen to Colossians 2. I love this. This is why you see, I'm going to show you why he took back what Satan was doing. He would send prophets in the Old Testament. He would send people to speak his word because the word represented power. Power, power comes from the word. It wasn't power, then word. It was word, then power. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. It's the word of God that's power. You might say, but John, I'm weak. John, I'm helpless. Speak the word of God, the power of confession. The power of confession. Speak the word of God over your existence. And I'll tell you what, he might not change you because he's trying to change the people around you. Colossians 2, I'll show you. He smashes Satan. He smashes demons in hell. He smashes territorial spirits. 
He smashes everything that sets itself up against the Lord. Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. So now when we confess, when we confess, it's the word of God changing us. We're confessing, you're right, God. What I said was gossip and what I said was wrong. I'm acknowledging that that's not your heart because your heart is to speak love. Your heart is to speak mercy. Your heart is to speak reconciliation because you've given us the ministry of reconciliation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So God, I speak life to the way of man of death. Marriage. What God has put together, y'all ain't hearing me. What God has put together, let, ah, come on, no man what? That's right. Because the man, man's words do not have power over God's. Woo! You want people to change? Speak the word of God. Here's what I know. They'll either run off or step up. You'll run everybody off. He's, he's so heavenly minded. He's no earthly good. Well, why do I want to be earthly good when this is not my home? Jesus Jew. I don't need, I don't need the earth when it's going to be burned. What I need is Jesus. He's just always quoting scripture. He's just quoting scripture. Well, what else am I going to quote, queen? Since you're sitting on the throne, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, I don't have any time, which was hostile to us, right? Death, death was spoken over us, for the wages of sin is... Yeah, the Matthew 5, 48, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, a demand that none of us can meet. Nobody. We cannot meet it. But I don't have to listen to I'm not perfect. I just have to speak to one who is perfect over what I'm not. Woo! Woo! Can I get a woo woo? <laughs> Y'all don't watch wrestling or wrestling or whatever you call it. God, this is so good. It was hostile to us. The, the, the enemy is hostile. His reign is hostile. Our reign. So now we speak kingdom of heaven language, and we don't speak kingdom of hell language. And I'm guilty. I've told, I confess, I've told my kids, I said, you're, that's dumb. You're dumb. You're stupid. I've said all those things. You were like, oh, you're a bad father. Well, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak powerful confession over that. The blood of Jesus done taking care of that. Um, so, so here's what I'm saying. A debt consisting of decrees against us, which is hostile to us. He is taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the what, saints? So he nails everything to the cross. So now our words, our words, the words bring power. The word. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So you can't have power before God's Spirit. Because it's God who gives power, not power and then the word. Verse 15, when he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them having what, saints? Triumphed over them through, having triumphed over them through him. He made a public display over who? He disarmed the rulers and the authorities. What are the rulers and authorities? You stink. Forgive me for saying this word because it's a, you suck, uh, or it's, you know, rough word. Uh, you're, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're just never make it, you're no good, you're a failure. You're, we, I say those things, I've communicated those things, I've said those things over people, I've said those things over myself. How do you think I feel sometimes after sermons? 
Oh, gosh, am I terrible? I blew it. I'm awful. Instead of speaking, God, even in my weakness, you are strong. Even, even God, even what I didn't communicate, you could by your spirit, because greater is he that is in me. God, your spirit is working. Your word never returns void. May I confess your word instead of confessing my lack. May I confess your truth instead of confessing my lies. See, I'm just, I don't want to just confess any lies anymore. If I only had time, that, that's why I'm saying, think about the Sabbath. Think about what happened to him. You can't see spoken words, Charles Cap said. Uh, neither can you, nor can you see faith with the physical eye. The words that God spoke out of his mouth framed the universe. This is so good. This one, set it in motion, and it still stands today. What did God say in Genesis 1 9? And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. And let dry ground appear. God's word said it, and it still holds true today. There is still dry land, and there is still a sea. And why? Because God spoke it. And what God says will always stand. So the main idea, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord, we have the power of confession. So 2 Corinthians 10, 6, I'm, I'm going to, I tell you what, I have so much to share. This is really, I know, two sermons in one, but I had to give it to you. We've lost the rain. Satan took the rain, but when we became saved, the rain was taken back to God. God took it back at the cross. He destroyed death, and now we have the power of power because Christ who is in us and what is, oh, I just have so much things the Holy Spirit saying to me. Gospel of John chapter 14, Gospel of John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit reminds us the words of who? Christ. Why does he remind us the word? Because the word brings power. It's the word that brings power. It is the word of God. The Holy Spirit that's living inside. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Power is not in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings power. He rules over power. His word is expressed in power. When God speaks, even mountains must move. Even animals must give birth. Even the dead have to rise. Whew. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6, we're going to pray this. For though we live in the world... We do not what, saints? Come on, saints, talk to me. We do not what? As the world does. Come on, I'm trying to give you good stuff. I don't care what your background is from. You have Jesus Christ. He is your Father. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is, Jesus said, they said, your family's outside. I'm going to paraphrase, right, Pastor Edgerton? Your, your family's outside. Jesus said, this is my family. Those who do the will of God are my family. It doesn't matter how, how messed up we come from, it's one we follow who can do anything because he is the most powerful one ever. And now he has given us the ability to reign for him. So reign. So reign. Don't listen to what people say. Listen to what the Spirit says. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation. It says it to every church. You read Revelation 2 through 3. Every church, he says the same thing. He ends the very words that he says with that. For, the, for though we live in the world, we do not wage wars. The world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. I have all this broken down, but I don't have time. On the contrary, we have what, saints? Greek word, here's the meaning, able. We have divine power. We are able because God is able. 
Jesus is able. Until your last breath on earth, which will be your first breath in heaven, he is able. He is able. You have divine power. He is able. We are able because of him. We are able him. Look what he says. We are able. On the contrary, we have divine power. He's able to demolish strongholds. We demolish what? You see, the, the, the battle is in the words. The battle is in we demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every what, saints? That's where I've seen every thought. So now, here's my prayer life. I have so much. Can you, can you play over me? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to honor y'all's time. I'll tell you, I have about 12 sermons. I have about 12 sermons in this. But I'm going to let you know what I've been doing lately. And see, this is why I want Robert to, to play. Because if you go back to the Old Testament, you see what Elisha would say. What did Elisha say? He'd say, hey, go get the, go get the string in, instrument. Bring it here and let me prophesy. Whew. Shift the atmosphere. That's why in your car, when you're mad, just put on some praise and worship. Now, when you're flesh, here's that praise and worship. How are you going to feel? Come on. What are you thinking inside, right? Turn that stuff off. Give me some Migos. I want some angry music. Give me some anthrax. Give me some public enemy. Bring the noise. Let me watch some WAE. I'm going to go John Cena on somebody. That's not what, so here's what my prayer life has been. Guess what I've been saying to myself? This is what I've been saying. You ready? Here, I'm going to let you into my personal world. Ready? Y'all my family, right? Jesus said, I mean, we got people on Facebook. I got my family watching. Hopefully, they're watching. North Carolina. We got people, maybe as far as Texas, watching. This is awesome. I want you to hear this is the power of confession. This is why I'm asking you. Is there anything you need to come and speak and take captive every thought? Listen, God is able. Here it is. I don't want to go into this situation. I don't want to go in this job. I don't know what it is. Single, I hate it. I just put whatever it is that you are struggling with and what I'm struggling in this. So this is what I say. So God, I confess, this is where my anger comes from. When the wicked do well, and I see the saints have it so tough, but God, I'm reminded the power of confession that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, I am reminded that when I am faithless and I feel like I do nothing but sin and I'm weak and I don't do anything, I'm reminded of your word and I confess your word that when I am faithless, you are faithful because you will not deny yourself, that you are a God of mercy. I confess that I can come to the throne of grace and receive mercy, which allows me to even come, receive mercy and grace to help me in my time of need. I'm reminded that though today might stink, you're the Lord of today and tomorrow that your mercies are new every morning. So great is your faithfulness, Lord. I am reminded that Jesus Christ is Lord over all. I am reminded that you can change the king's heart as fast as you want because Proverbs says that the king's heart is in your hand. I am reminded that if I trust in you, that you will do it, Lord. If I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I lean not on what I see and what I understand, but I'm going to acknowledge you. I trust, Lord, that you're going to put your word in my heart. I'm going to start speaking your word. I'm going to start speaking your truth that you can do immeasurably more. I can't stand it, but God, you are over it. And I'm going to trust you in the middle of it. Are y'all with me? That's what I've been praying. Confession is not. 
Father, forgive me for our sin. And I'm the priest, and you come in, and I say, take out your rosary. That's the square, that's that bead you see with the cross, and it's got like oval, little oval pieces on it, and then square pieces in the square, our fathers, and the over the Hail Marys. And I say, okay, this is what you're going to do for penance. And I want you to say five Hail Marys and seven our fathers. And uh, I want you to say the rosary three times. And I want you, it's not confession. It's not confession. Every time that Jesus came, he was confessing who was Lord. He was confessing what was truth. He was confessing. So what do you want to confess over your life right now? What do you want to confess where you are right now? God, I confess that though I might not see it, you do. And I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author. Oh, I've got so much I want to confess. I've got so much I want to say. I want to confess your scripture. Great is the Lord. God, that you're greater than what I'm facing. You are greater, that your mercies are new. Your compassions, they fail not. You will not fail me, Lord. You will not fail. You don't sleep. You don't slumber. You're not surprised. And nobody has a greater IQ than you. And by the way, God, though the enemy looks like he is winning, he has already been destroyed. And I'm going to stand. I'm not going to back down to show that he's defeated. Because I live in you. In him we live and move and have our being. And oh, by the way, God, when everything else is falling apart, I got your peace. Because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Oh, God, I declare that your love stands firm forever. Nothing can shake in your love, not even my sin. You founded Psalm 89:11. You founded the world and all that is in it. You know me. You know the number of hairs on my head. You know when a sparrow falls. So you know my broken heart, Lord. You know me. And I stand on the cross in the middle of the quicksand, but the quicksand will not bring me down because there's a rock that is higher than I, and Jesus, the chief cornerstone, holds it all things together, Colossians 1.17. In him, he holds all things together. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe, Proverbs 29. So I trust you, Lord. I trust it is from the Lord that one gets justice, Proverbs 29.26b. So I'm trusting that you will bring justice, and I, like the woman, who sit outside and beg, I am begging you now, Lord, because I know that justice is coming, the only variable is time. Come on. Do you need to confess the Lord over anything today? Power of confession. Demolish strongholds take captive every thought that sets itself up against God. Come on. Let's be real. Let's be real. God is merciful. What do you need to confess so that in your confession there will be power? I got to stop confessing I'm weak and start confessing that he is strong. Let the poor say they are rich. That's what scripture says. So Father, I pray today who needs to just come forward and confess and maybe let some people confess over them 
Come on, Lord, bring them. Get us up out of our seats. Let's get on our face in front of the Lord, and let's do some serious confession. Let's confess some truth today over my situation. Let's confess some truth over a relationship. Let's confess the truth over my apartment, over my dorm, over the relationship I'm in. Confess over my family. Confess over the sickness that I have. Confess, confess over the struggles that's going on. Confess of what's going to happen. And we confess your truth. And Lord, I pray, raise up some people in this room that'll get up by their seats and start coming out here and out loud pray over some people and start praying the confession and truth of Scripture. God, you will bring justice. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. We have the favor of God. And though it might not like, though it may seem that God is slow in his promises, God, we know that it's just so people can come to know you. You were slow to release the Israelites out of Egypt because the sins of the Ammonites had not filled up. But God, in due time, you rescued Israel and brought judgment. God, we confess that you are Lord. We confess that you're the king. We confess that the enemy has no power. We confess that your words are true and that he is a liar. We confess that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We confess, Lord, that though we think we are not attractive, oh God, it is you look at the heart. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. It is your favor that comes upon us, Lord, because of Jesus Christ. And we have your favor. Lord, we confess today that every man is a liar and that God is true. We confess to you today that you are perfect. We confess that we have all that you have. We confess that we are children of God. God. We confess that you will supply all our needs according to your riches and glory. We confess that there is one Lord and one Savior and his name is Jesus. And anybody in this room who does not know him, Lord, we confess with our mouths right now that they can know him, that if they'll confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Confession, confession, confession. God save the people in this room that needs saving. And for the believers in this room, lift us up through confession. That is our prayer. We love you. In Jesus' name.